How are you now? Welcome to the Letterkenny Podcast. I'm your host, Arish, and this is episode 5. On this episode, Mark Forward is busy doing interviews and podcasts. The Letterkenny team announces a new season and a Christmas special, and the show gets some more media coverage in the U.S. So no time to get the native flu, and let's start the Letterkenny Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Last couple weeks have been pretty full of Letterkenny news, so let's get at it. On November 19th, the Toronto Star announced that Crave, formerly Crave TV, will drop A Letterkenny Christmas, The Three Wise Men, a special, as well as a new season with six new episodes. The Christmas special will air on November 23rd, so yesterday if you're hearing this when the episode goes up. Sorry about that. And season six will be available Christmas Day. Uh, I think it's the 25th again this year. I should point out that this is only available on Crave, legally anyways. Hey Hulu, give your balls a tug. Put out some more seasons. Sorry, US fans. The Toronto Star in their announcement has mentioned that Sarah Wayne Callies from The Walking Dead and Prison Break and Jonathan Torrance from Trailer Park Boys and Mr. D uh, will play Mennonite parents in the new season. Mark Forward is a busy guy. He's been interviewed by the Adamantium podcast on episode 27 of their podcast. He discusses JFL 42, his comedy special, which will air on Crave, and going on tour with Letterkenny guys, and his role on the TV series Fargo. And if that's not enough, Mark Forward has also posted another podcast, which he has been doing, uh, but it's been over a year since his last one. I don't feel so bad now. If you're into his style of comedy, give it a listen. On November 12th, Merrimack College's newspaper wrote an introduction slash review of Letterkenny. The college is in North Andover, uh, Massachusetts, and if you want to read the review, uh, I'll provide a link. Overall, it's another endorsement for Letterkenny. Doesn't tell us anything we don't already know, but it's nice to get their perspective. That's it for news. Let's get on to today's episode. Today's episode is called Rave. Originally aired February 7th, 2016, directed by Jacob Tierney, written by Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney. The title crawl says, There are 5,000 people in Letterkenny. These are their problems. We open in a church where Pastor Glenn is called Wayne and Daryl over to help with a rodent problem. And due to the humidity, he isn't wearing any pants. Wayne discovers that it's a possum, and he hates possum. They play dead, they emit a death stench, they're immune to snake venom, and uh, they have forked dicks. What's with it and everybody knowing everybody's dicks in this show? Last episode, it was Jive and Pete's cauliflower dick. Whatever. Daryl takes the lead and offers to wrangle the possum. So the plan, Daryl grabs a possum, Wayne will stop it under his boot. And as Daryl's reaching for it, uh, they get distracted because Glenn's taken off his tidy whities and Derry gets bit. Back at the house, next day, uh, Katie, Wayne, and Daryl are sitting at the breakfast table, and Derry's quiet. When Wayne tells Katie that he got bit by a possum, she's concerned. Like, seriously, he may have rabies. And Derry spits up in his cereal. Wayne can't take Daryl to the clinic. He has to go do an ice run for the jamboree. So Katie has to take Daryl's truck. The hockey players can't help because they're 
at an away game against the natives. Katie asks Wayne if he's really ready to do the jamboree. That used to be his and Angie's thing. And he's ready to move on. So Katie doesn't help out Daryl. We cut to the hockey arena where the hockey team is getting to travel for their away game. Josie and Riley notice some missing players and speculate they probably got the native flu. Schmelz asks, well, what's that? And he says, you know, it's another way to say that they're, they're too scared to play and the natives are tough. At the corner store, Wayne is paying for ice with uh, Bonnie McMurray behind the cash. She mentions that she'd like Wayne to save a dance for her and makes many flirtatious comments, uh, which goes completely unnoticed by Wayne. He is, I'm not sure if that's entirely intentional. She even comps Wayne for the bags of ice and smiles knowingly. We cut to the clinic where Katie's arriving with Daryl. And greasy skid Stewart's sitting on the front steps waiting for the clinic to open. Obviously, he's coming down from some bad high. Stewart tries to make light of his predicament. Katie points out it's just not that funny anymore. It's sad and pathetic. And, you know, he's not in high school anymore. She reminisces that back in high school, she'd sneak into his parties, listen to his mixtapes, which she was impressed with. And she knows that he's got talents and smarts and could do a lot better. She mentions that she used to be charmed by him. At the Ag Hall, Wayne meets up with McMurray who wants to talk about something important. His sister Bonnie. McMurray wants to give him his blessing and with Wayne and Bonnie getting together and Wayne commits to saving a dance for her. Back at the skid house, uh, Roald and Devin are mixing a batch. Eh, not that kind, the drug kind. And Stuart walks in. He declares outright that he will be hosting a rave and to spread the word under all his DJ aliases. And he's out of the meth business. Back in the barn, Wayne is taking out his frustrations on hay bales. And maybe a straw bale too. When Katie comes in and says, you know, McMurray's trying to get a hold of him. And just as he calls. McMurray informs Wayne that the jamboree will have to be cancelled because it's all been all booked up for the week for a rave. Wayne asks why he approved a non-agricultural event in the Agriculture Hall. McMurray says it's simply about being low on funds. As Wayne hangs up, there are calls from the clinic asking for a pickup. Still not feeling well. When Wayne picks up Daryl, he says he thinks he'd like to start a pest removal business. Wayne doesn't think it's a good idea until he thinks it is when he can wrangle up some critters and set it loose in the egg hall during the rave. We cut to the hockey players, who show up at the away arena, and we see Tannis and a couple of hockey players. Tannis wonders why there are a few players short and speculates, eh, it's probably due to the native flu. The hockey players try to pass it off as a bit of heavy drinking, but they get offended that they describe Letterkenny as a meth town. Hockey players on both sides start tripping back and forth. And then with Schmeltz getting sick and Tannis confirms that, yeah, looks like a case of the native flu. We go back to the skid house and Roald tells Devin that they're missing $2,000. They call Stuart and he confirms that, yeah, he took it for the rave. It's going to be a themed epic event. When they push back, he, he hangs up on them. Devin is talking to the other meth heads about Stuart draining their funds. And they all agree. They're going to remove promotion from their Facebook pages, and they're going to sabotage the event. 
they're going to spread word that the egg hall has asbestos. Stewart shows up at Katie's doorstep and he invites her to the rave personally. Wayne and Stewart get into an argument about other venues that would be suitable. Stewart says they're too small. Stewart goes on with Katie about the size of the crowd security, but he's got a bass, his pass set aside for her. He also mentions there's going to be a lot of drugs there. But looking at Katie, says he's clean. Back at the home arena, Riley and Jonesy are still riled, above, riled up about Stewart giving Letterkenny the reputation of a meth town. As they're talking, Coach walks in and gives the team a talking to about their poor ice performance and that there's 6 a.m. practice tomorrow. As Coach leaves, we hear, fucking embarrassing. Back at the Ag Hall, Stewart is in his DJ get-up, talking to his reflection, psyching himself up before going on stage. As he walks out on the stage, amid the smoke effects, high-end DJ set-up bouncers at all the exits and fancy lighting, we see the hall is empty, save for Katie and Bonnie McMurray. Wayne pops his head in with a cart of rodents and sees the empty egg hall. Dejected Stuart pops back out. Outside, Wayne and Daryl are confronted by the hockey players who come looking for Stuart. When Wayne tells them that the rave's been cancelled, they get into a bit of an argument. We're about to start a bit of a tussle when the coach dries up and yells at the hockey players for being up near curfew. With that on-ice performance... Not allowed to dance. Drives away angry. Back at the meth house, Stuart walks in on the rest of the skids, tweaking and dejected. He declares he's back, and he will make Letterkenny the biggest meth town in the country. We next see the skids raving all over town, as Stuart has an evil look in his eye. End credits. The after credit scene, there is a how-to style video by Riley and Jonesy on doing shot in hockey called Snap Bomb. A couple of notes on this episode. This is the first appearance of Tannis, played by Tio Horn. Uh, her full name is Kenathio Horn, and uh, she is an actual native uh, Mohawk, grew up in uh, Kanawake Reserve in Quebec. She's acted in a number of TV shows and movies, including a recent remake of uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth and Death Wish. As well, she's appeared on episodes of Supernatural, the Beauty and the Beast TV series, and uh, and the Montreal-based police drama 19-2, which adds to Jared Kiesel, Daniel Petrinovic, and Alexander DiGiordi, who were actors who have appeared on 19-2 and Letterkenny. My favorite dialogue or scene is when the Letterkenny Irish and the native hockey team, which aren't named, uh, start chirping at each other in the parking lot. Your town ain't nothing but a bunch of jacked-up scab pickers. Yeah, we'll see what you're calling us after I bury a couple of bar-down wristers. Half-clapper, top cheddar. Biscuits, top titties, bar-downskis. Always bar-downski. Pull out the guns. Safety's off. Fucking safety off, boys. Little three-on-one-ski? Little three-on-two-ski? I'm a high-hard one? Hit the red light, district. You won't make it that far, slugger. You mean a champ? Bucket sauce. Center ice. Fuck drop. Shed him. Go me. Little fuck me, fuck you. Free nose jobs. Let's dance. Let's hit the D floor. My balls dangle hotter than you, boy. <laughs> like I thought, bad case of the native flu. This scene is all about the chirping. Two sides are squaring off in the parking lot. It's all just very, very funny trash talk. It's quick, it's clever. Uh, I love how Schmelz is still the one carrying the bags. And his nerves get the better of him. My thoughts on this episode. Uh, this is another good one-off episode. Uh, it also makes progress in terms of character and story. 
Uh, Wayne's starting to move on from Angie and, for lack of a better term, being a poopy pants about her. Uh, he's still either oblivious or ignoring all the come-ons by Bonnie McMurray. Even uh, McMurray himself. Uh, I don't know. Mr. McMurray? Murray brother? McMurray himself is trying to give Wayne his blessing and for them to get together. And then there's the skids. Uh, if you're into them, this was your episode. It's pretty clear they're, you know, small-time meth producers and addicts themselves. Um, previous episodes played this off as funny or even just hinted at it, and this episode slaps you in the face and makes you understand it. I never thought I'd feel anything for Stuart, but in the beginning, he's looking pretty pathetic and strung out, and he gets a healthy dose of reality, with Kate being disappointed in him. And he tries to change his life. He probably would have made some progress, too, if he hadn't made fires along the way. But true to his nature, he decides to double down and ramp up his production and go back to his old ways. I said before, I'm not a big fan of the skids, mainly because I don't understand them. Uh, but as I understand them, I still don't like them. At first they were weird, and they were dancing outside the church and such. They were mostly just punching bags for uh, the guy's jokes. But I've been on the Letterkenny subreddit, and you know what? I've seen guys posting... Uh, Actual rave people dancing out in public with their get-up. Letterkenny is a pretty accurate description of that. Um, now, one unfortunate thing about the accuracy is that uh, there's little to keep uh, idle minds occupied in small rural towns, and there's absolutely a drug problem. Uh, this Canadian show about a little town shows everyone in a very real way what's happening in rural Canada, and I presume in the U.S. too. And while it's funny in small doses, it's a pretty serious issue. I learn something every day. To close out the episode, I'm going to play something a little different. Uh, I'm going to play something from one of my favorite uh, Canadian bands, uh, the Headstones, uh, originally out of Kingston, uh, based in Toronto, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of their debut album, remastered version of their 1993 release, Picture of Health, as well as uh, three bonus tracks to go along with it. Uh, take a listen. If you like what you hear, I'll provide you a link uh, to their album. This is when something stands for nothing. That's it for this episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate this episode on iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. You can reach me on Twitter at LetterkennyPod, Facebook, LetterkennyPod as well, or LetterkennyPodcast.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. When something stands for nothing... A detached memory This one's about everything you don't think about until you sleep Yeah And this one's for nothing And this one's for fun And this one's about rock and roll and comic books and bubble gum Hey, when you give a warning, he don't repeat it. Yeah, seven of us and two of you. That's a good time for Donnybrook, boys. Tilly time, boys. What the fuck are you pheasants doing out here? It's ten minutes to curfew. You think you can dog fuck all night and then dance? Dog fucking means no dancing. Get home. It's fucking embarrassing.